Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a four-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm also a motivational speaker, a speaker mentor, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And Sharon is on vacation, so she won't be joining us today. But before I introduce our guest, I wanted to talk just for a minute about something that really is what our show is about today. You know, I've heard the saying, and I think we all have, that music and laughter are the best medicine. And my husband, he's known as Cowboy Bill, um, he's living proof of that. And I've been with him many, many times when he performs at retirement homes, nursing homes, and especially memory care units. And I've been with him when he's played music in these audiences of people who really kind of have sort of disappeared from life. And then when he starts playing songs... I can see the memories come across their face and they they light up. Their faces light up. There's this kind of fleeting moment. And I know that they're feeling soothed at that moment by that music that he's playing. And I have always believed that music soothes the soul in so many ways. And our guest today is no exception to that wonderful feeling. She's an amazing woman I've known for many years. In fact, the first time I heard her sing was at the Komen Survivor Luncheon here in Portland, Oregon, and she sang God Bless America. At least I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And I have never heard that song sung like that before. And I remember sitting there in the audience, along with so many others, bawling my eyes out. And and at that point, I had recently been diagnosed, and it and hearing her sing that song, I knew that God had my back and somehow I would survive this. She nearly brought down the house. Her voice is huge, but her heart is even huger, if there is such a word. And I I just, I love this woman so much. And the first time I got a Julianne hug from her, I knew I was among somebody really, really special. So please welcome to our show today, Julianne Johnson. Hi, Julianne. Hello, how are you, Becky? <laughs> I'm so good, and it's just a beautiful day here in Portland, Oregon. And, you know, I always love it so much when we can bring somebody really special and personal into our, you know, from our lives onto our show because it just means so much to me. And so thank you for agreeing to do this. It was so funny when, oh, I, when, I, when I ran into you the other day in a parking lot at a store when I hear this voice yell out, hey, Becky, and I turn, and there she is, just right there in all of her glory. I love this woman. Um, Julianne, before we before we start, I have to have you share with me a story that my husband, Julianne and my husband used to work together for our audience members just a couple times. He was the historian on a, a boat up in Alaska. It was called the Empress of the North. It was a paddle wheel boat, and Julianne was some of the entertainment, and he was telling me about this time that you had to get on that boat in heels and a sequence dress. So I must hear this story. Would you please tell me in your own words how that happened? Because <laughs> it sounds crazy. Well, I certainly do have a couple of books in me. The uh, I was also on the Queen of the West, so it went up and down the Columbia Gorge. But this particular one was in Alaska, and he and I spent a lot of different cruises together on that on that vessel. 
And it was one, you know, one incident after another because, you know, you're on a vessel. So, <laughs> so I'm out in the Alaska. Of, uh, yeah, in Alaska. Um, it was a weekly um, uh, flight for me, and I would fly in and supposedly meet the boat in Juneau. And um, unfortunately, there would be sometimes when I was down from my little commuter flight, and the boat would either be leaving or it was gone. And I was, oh. and this was a one-way ticket, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to Alaska, and I'm in Alaska forever. <laughs> so oh my I would gosh. call in, and they tell, they would tell me uh, at corporate office that there is a uh, pilot waiting for you. You need to just go over and uh, next door to the airport and catch this flight, and we'll have this private pilot bring you to the boat. And I thought, oh, well, that's. Oh, okay. Now, of course, it did cross my mind that, you know, you have to land somewhere. And (laughs) I was... And that's not that big of a boat. I've seen it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I was already dressed. So I thought, oh, this must be a helicopter. Well, I went out there and it was a float plane. And um, I climbed into the, you know, into the seat. And this 18-year-old guy jumped in and... uh, He goes, okay, well, I'm going to run through the safety stuff while we take off because we can't lose any time. And I'm all right. So we go through all of this, and he tells me to reach underneath my seat and pull out a baggie, and that would be my (laughs) flotation device. (laughs) And and then he starts to explain to me, you're not going to believe this, he starts to explain to me um, how how the, he's going to tip the, the plane and uh, I'll open the window and he's going to try to get me into the trees because I wouldn't last very long in the water if something should happen. <laughs> and by the way, could you press that button? And I'm like, what? Is, now I'm flying the plane? <laughs> we landed. It was the funniest thing ever, right? So I'm in my secret dress, and I'm going, I'm dead weight. If I have to jump out of here, I'm going to land. I I don't know what's going to happen. So anyway, we see the vessel. I start to calm down, you know, and we uh, come up on uh, the vessel. The vessel was heading toward the fjord, and so it was trying to see the glaciers and possibly see some calving before before too late because fog rolls in. So here we are. We land on the water. And I thought, okay, God, if I could just do that, that'll be fine. <laughs> then I realized, all right, why is he landing so far away from the boat? <laughs> and then and you got out your flotation water. device about then, right? <laughs> oh, honey. It, no, it oh. wasn't even worth the time, oh. right? Then, it, then this small vessel, this dinghy, comes over from the, oh from the boat to pick me up. So oh I, he gets out and he says, I'll balance over here. I'm going to pull the plane this way so you can balance on the other side. And I said, what am I balancing? <laughs> and I had my heels. It was cute. So I took <laughs> off my heels like this. And meanwhile, there's cameras flashing because, you know, this is pre, uh, I think it's pre-cell phones. Um, yeah, so they're they're just flashing, flashing, flashing these lights, oh my taking God. pictures of me, and they get me into this vessel, this dinghy, which was hysterical anyway, just trying to do that, and then we get over to the boat, and I start relaxing again. Oh, I'm here. I figure they're going to lower the bow ramp, you know, to a certain level, and then I'll step off, 
and walk onto the boat. Uh-huh. It's a rope ladder. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a, a boat, rope like the one of those net ones, mesh or something. No, no it's rope. It's a rope, rope ladder. Oh my god! Where they have like you know slats for you to step on, but it's rope. You have to your upper body has to keep it from oh. swinging from side to side and all this stuff. Oh my gosh! I'm telling you what I there were uh, I was hurling obscenities <laughs> and people were taking pictures and applauding oh. because I, I was like Diane so Ross. You you were a celebrity before you even walked on that ship at that point. You betcha! You betcha! And thank God it was one of those tr- cruises where I got to stay overnight and spend time with them the next day, and oh so gosh. it was just funny. And they never forget that. I had people stop me on the street just going, "You're." Proof, dear, that the show must go on no matter what. It has to. <laughs> and my show started 10 minutes after I got on board. So I told oh. him, I said, just get me some brandy and I'll fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that story is even better than the way my husband told me. And he was probably one of the ones taking pictures because he was on the boat waiting for you. And he I was just very think that's hilarious. Your husband oh my was gosh. very encouraging because he knew that I was. <laughs> That was I was to the brink. That was about as far as I, I've had many adventures. So elk, you know, uh, or moose seeing me at three o'clock in the morning in Petersburg, you know, oh. just standing in my sequin dress. Here comes a moose. So there, I've got a story in me. It's going to be called the Queen of the West. Get ready. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't you do have a story, probably more than one. I'm guessing. Well, Julia, that that's a great way to start our show. I hope our audience is really enjoying that moment because I'm picturing this whole thing and just visualizing you going up that rope ladder. Oh my gosh, oh my how gosh. frightening! I, you know, I'm scared of heights and I'm scared of water, so not none of that would have worked for me at all. So I would have probably opted for the roll the airplane and let me jump out the window and just land. Well, you know how I swim? I swim. I motorboat. I don't swim i motorboat so oh, motorboat in Alaska <laughs> might not be good <laughs> oh, what a crazy story well julianne let, let's get let's let's kind of switch gears here for a moment and, and i really i want to hear you know you and i haven't spent a lot of time together just kind of getting to know your story and so this is a wonderful opportunity for me to hear about you. And so you have, as far as, I mean, you, you are so impassioned about music. Have you always loved music? Is this something that goes way back? Sure. When I was, when I was two, uh, the March on Washington was happening and my mom had, um, Mahalia Jackson on the television set. And these were tube sets. So you can kind of feel your hair and your arms stick up a little bit when you get close to it. And, um, she said that I had my little cup with me with my juice and I walked as close as I could to the uh, to the TV screen and then when Mahalia opened her mouth to sing I put my hand on her on her face and oh. I just sat there like that until she finished singing and my mom said I have she has to do music <laughs> she has to do oh. music oh my so that, god that was my first yes wow yes so, that was my so, first mm-hmm. so did you like when you got into school, so you were two years old, when you kind of were going, growing up a little bit and getting into school, did you, did you do any, did you do music in school, were you in choir, what, well, what about here, that? Well, here's the next, the next incident um, for me that kind of confirmed I was supposed to be in music, I was five years old and I sang in the church choirs all the time, so um, 
say, I used to climb up to the choir stand from our seat, from our pew. And they'd just say, let my, my pastor say, let the baby go. You know, oh. and I would climb up there because I love <laughs> to hear everybody sing. And it usually the senior oh. choir, they were all dressed in white. These were women that were 70 and up. And they were yeah. just like angels. And uh, anyway, oh. long story short is they took me, when they found out I could sing at about five or six, um, they took me to the National Baptist Convention, and um, my mom was a delegate, and I, I just hung out and listened, and kind of just was a baby there, but uh, they asked me if I would sing, uh, asked my mom if I would sing I'm On My Way, because that's the song I used to just belt out in church, no matter who was singing it, I would just sing. Right? So oh. <laughs> they had 250 um, gospel singers behind me and 22,000 people in the uh, in the room. I mean, in the uh, park. And it was That's... the National Baptist Convention, and I sang that song. And right before I started, the lights hit me, and uh, it was kind of like a revival crusade type thing. And the lights hit me, and my mom said... Um, I, I had on this crinoline dress that popped. Um, it was like petticoats, tons of petticoats. Uh-huh. And uh, she said, when the light hit me, I puffed my petticoat and raced. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I goes, love that. She said, sing, baby. She said, sing, baby. Just sing. Just sing. <laughs> okay, so, Julianne, so, I'm going to put you on the spot. And I know, I know you're talking to me on a cell phone, so we don't expect, you know, Bose quality speaker thing right now, but... Would you would you be willing to sing just a, a couple lines or something from maybe what you sang when you were five <laughs> or something else? Oh, oh, you know, one of my um, favorite songs was um, was Over the Rainbow, oh, and I, I used to watch it over and over and over again. So sure, I'll sing. Okay. Um, Somewhere. The rainbow way up high. There's, there's a land that I heard of once in love. Yeah, I love that. I love that song so much. You couldn't have picked a better one for me. Ah, oh, yeah, oh, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Song. Oh, thank you. I mean, I know that was kind of putting You're you welcome. on the spot, but, but I'm glad you did it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> thank love you for that. Yeah. You know, we're going to go out to break here in just a, a couple of minutes. But let me ask you this: So, outside of church, when was the first mm-hmm. time that you? Did any kind of like in front of a you know I was in second grade when I when I auditioned in a talent show with a with a couple of other girls. Did you ever do anything like that in grade school or high school or any of that? Yes, yes, they had a talent show, and believe it or not, I was the corniest African American girl there ever was, and I stepped out and I loved musicals. To this day, I do, and so I (laughs) sang. I have confidence in sunshine. <laughs> I have confidence in rain. I went from the musical sound to music, and all my friends were looking at me like, "What? What? What happened? What? <laughs> because what are you? You're not singing Smokey Robinson. You're not." You oh, that is so and funny. Was, yeah, you know, I was just a little corny. My sister and I also used to do Irish songs and uh, Scottish folk songs. So, really, you know, just a little. 
Yeah, on the fringe, just a little. <laughs> <laughs> we well, Julianne, you are you are a, a, an amazing woman, a breath of fresh air. I love your your energy and your you know you're just such a positive, awesome person. So you know what, we are going to actually go out to break here um, in just okay. a few seconds. So when we come back, though, I want to talk to you. I want to kind of get into more about your singing and how you connect singing with healing because that's really kind of what the show is about. Although I loved this whole first segment getting to hear your voice because it's incredible. So anyway, stay tuned with us. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with our very special guest, Julianne Johnson. She's an entertainer and a recording artist and amazing soul. So thanks for for coming back and listening with us some more. So Julianne, I was just asking you about your first time that you auditioned or, you know, did something like that without, not at church, but like in school or wherever. And when you talked about that, were, were you scared when you first did that? Uh, no, 
Not especially because we sang all the time. I mean, my parents and family and everybody, we sang on Saturdays while we worked, while we did our cleaning in the house and all oh. that stuff. So we oh, that's, were constantly that's cool. singing. Yeah. yeah. Constantly. And harmonies and everything, too. So, no, oh. I wasn't afraid. And I, I actually auditioned for Kanga in Winnie the Pooh. You did? <laughs> wow. Yes, because I wanted to... Um, I wanted I wanted to play that character because I loved her. I thought she was so cool. So that's what I needed to do, and uh, <laughs> it was fun. I mean, I had a good time, and I didn't like having somebody in my pouch, but I had a yeah. good time. <laughs> <laughs> well, when did well, when did you get serious about music and decide that this needs to be your mm-hmm. life? And I mean, you've you've just turned mm-hmm, this into mm-hmm. such such a blessing for so many people. When when did that come about? And I know you teach it. You teach it at uh, Portland Community College too, right? And I think you're teaching vocal. Yes, I'm the I'm the director of vocal music for the college, and um, we we I have the choirs, and I teach music theory and history and fundamentals and all that stuff. But okay. um, I started. Hmm, I I started with theater, um, really taking it seriously because people would recognize my voice. No matter what role I was playing, they would say, oh, my gosh, it's Julianne, or I'd advertise, you know, the show coming up, and they recognized it. I, I wanted to be a lawyer, and I wanted uh, to do both of those things in school, so I prepared myself um, with a little bit of politics and uh, a little bit of law and then uh, doing theater and music. And, uh, so you I could have been the first. You could have been the first um, singing lawyer. That would have been kind of interesting. Well, there you have it, and it still might happen. That's kind of turned into a retirement game. So we'll see. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but yeah, that's where I started, and uh, I have I've had so many great breaks. I've had a chance to be on uh, Broadway and sing in New York for um, a few years, and then my dad got sick, and so I came home and started to help take care of him and thus began the band and then the, you know, I had a, a swing band for years and then uh, uh, doing theater here and musicals and now I have a theater company. So it's all, it's all cyclical. It all goes it's around. All and yeah, back. it all works together, doesn't it? But for my, well, listen, as a kid, oh, I did it because I had, um, because I had asthma, which is kind of tied into what we're talking about here. I, I had asthma very badly as a child and uh, um, almost lost my life about three or four times. So singing to me is more than just a hobby. Well, I guess so talk about that because, you know, this whole purpose of the show today is really to talk about the role that music can play in healing. Sure. And I know I know Uh when you sing, I know people are healed. I know that. I know how I felt when I heard you sing for the very first time, but I didn't know that it helped heal you. So let's talk about that for a minute, because I I do think there's something very mystical about all of this, and it's really important. So, yes, why don't you share Mm -hmm. that story? Well, the act of singing for me, it it requires your whole body to participate in order to obtain, like, balance and, and even the promotion of tone and connectivity and rhythm, all of that is uh, you use a deeper part of your soul and yourself and your consciousness in order to produce musical sound. And um, that's why, you know, even there's people with Parkinson's who their tremors slow down as they listen to singing. I mean, there's so much about the vibration that it reaches another person and how it's produced 
and whether there's some kind of a pureness to it, if you can release to the music rather than manipulate it. You know, I call it vocal calisthenics. A lot of the young artists today, they want to show you every note they have. But there is a vibration that happens when you relax and you're not mentally um, uh, 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 trying to make it happen. And that is when your soul takes over. And uh, it's a sense of peace and tranquility and it relieves stress. And as an asthma um, uh, person with asthma as a kid, uh, I had it so badly that I was just very, very small. And they had to feed me like six or seven times a day because I was using all of my body energy to maintain my weight. And um, the good news is that singing is a sport, and I got into it uh, through the choirs at my school. And uh, it was a husband-wife team, the Carruthers. Um, Fred Carruthers, who is a musician today, it was his parents who taught at the middle school level and at the high school level. So I had that continuity of training. And then uh, went right into University of Portland on an office fellowship and uh, did music and theater there. And then I went on to UW to work on my master's. And when I finished that, I went to New York. So there's been a a progression of training that has to happen in order for me to maintain. But with asthma, what it did was it expanded my lungs completely further than I probably would have ever expanded them if I had been doing something else. So the fact that I sing four to five times, five hours a day for five days a week has caused my, my whole body is the mechanism. And because of my beginning of trying to breathe and using my whole body to do that, I think I apply that with my singing now. And um, so there's, a, there's just a deeper uh, place where our song and our voice can begin, but we are so shallow in everything that we do. We think quickly. We don't maintain concentration. We don't do very much meditation, and yet singing is meditation. So there's so much to it, I mean, that causes your body to kind of gather everything together in its core and then operate at its optimum. And even and it's not about sounding good. That's not what it's about. It's about sounding balanced and doing it uh-huh. all as a unit, as a, as a mechanism that is, that's working at its optimum. And then the sound, you know, will come. It will come, but that should never be the goal, to sound pretty. You know, you said something a few minutes ago that kind of, and I I've kind of, I wrote it down so I could come back to it, but you were talking about sometimes, and maybe I interpreted it this way, but sometimes, mm-hmm. I, I sing too, not like you, mm-hmm. but I sing, mm-hmm. no, and, no. and the one area I struggle in is harmonizing, but when I... I'm not thinking about harmonizing and I'm just relaxing and enjoying the music and singing with the music. The harmonies kind of come naturally. But the minute I realize, hey, I'm harmonizing, oops, <laughs> then mm-hmm, I think about mm-hmm. harmonizing and I lose it. And it's so it is a very relaxing, peaceful thing if you can just, you know, release, like you said, release to the music. And, and when yeah. you release to the music, there's something magical that happens in that. So I really appreciate And there's preparation, you. too. You know, there's preparation, too, like preparing the external, getting right. your environment in a, mm-hmm. in a place that can, you can find that, that peace, and then internal, getting your health and nutrition to a place where you're consistent and you're, mm-hmm. um, you're actually feeding everything that you need, and then your mental state. So there's, yeah. there's, and then your soul is the one that we all forget. We forget yeah. that your soul has to participate 
And that yeah. comes with group activity. That comes with everybody singing together, everybody, you know, on one accord, arriving at uh, an agreement that this is what wellness is, this is what uh, peace is, this is what tranquility is. And, you know, that comes from this, that group singing. I mean, I think everybody yeah. in each neighborhood should get together and just sing as a group. <laughs> Once a week. <laughs> I know. That is such a great idea. If you decide to start one of those, let me know and I'll I'll join. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know, we we have a lot of, of different guests on this show that we talk about, you know, mind body awareness and, and wholeness mm-hmm. and you know, integrative medicine and all that, but we've never mm-hmm. talked about the power of music and the role that it plays as part of that, mm-hmm. you know, body mind awareness thing. And and mm-hmm. what I'm hearing from you is it's very connected and sometimes we we leave that out, and I'm I'm just so happy to hear you talking about about this because I I love music and I you know I love to sing and I sw- I sing with a swing band on occasion too and yeah. they're really fun yeah and you know it, it it's it just kind of really warms my heart so when you said you'd be on my show I was really happy <laughs> so oh well, no, I was happy that you asked me because I'm uh, really trying to find a way to get us um, collectively as a community with all these hate this hate that's going on in society today, we need another language to understand one another. And that's why the 60s were so important, because the 60s had singer-songwriters who were writing to give words to what we were feeling. And we need those songwriters to come back right now because we've gone full circle, and we need them to interpret us and our language again. We need it. So true. Well, Julianne, mm-hmm. you've taken you've taken this music to kind of another level that pulls you into this cancer realm with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you you're, you've taken on that worship in pink project, and I, I'm aware of it, but a lot of people have never heard of it. So, can you take a minute and talk about worship in pink? What is it? Why is it so valuable? And and why did you get involved with that? Uh, worship in pink is uh, is a movement that started nationally. And uh, it began here in Oregon through one of my best friends, Kathy Kendrick. Um, her, her mother survived cancer, and then uh, she lost her battle to cancer, the next form of cancer. And uh, so she's kind of dedicated her life to uh, bringing awareness to the faith-based community about um, breast cancer awareness and, and how, to, how to kind of head it off at the past. You know, don't just wait until you have it. But let's mm-hmm. start talking about how you can live your life in a way that will um, at least avoid it for a while. If it's not, if it's on its way, you know, this is a chance for us to have kind of be a little more healthy. Um, she talked to me about uh, coming and doing music, and I said, "Why don't we just put together a choir?" Now there was another choir back east that was called the Sisters of Survival Choir, but there was nothing in the Northwest. And so um, we decided that we were going to put together the CIS choir, and it was going to be made up of survivors. Or at first, the first year, it started out to be made up of survivors, and then it evolved into um, survivors and their companions, like survivors and their support survivors. Okay. And it didn't necessarily mean that you had to be um, a Christian-based organization. It just needed to have the cancer component, whether you were touched by it in your life, you're helping someone make make it through, or you have cancer yourself. So now I've only seen women in, in the choir. Is there are, are there men that do it and I just haven't seen them yet? 
No, it's called Sisters of Survival. It's Sisters of Survival. It's women. <laughs> <laughs> what was it's I for thinking? Women and, I, and, and, and you know what? It's okay because uh, I think the next step, would, because they're starting to talk a lot more about men and uh, how they address their health issues and, and when they get cancer, you know, how do you help them? Because we speak different languages. And um, I I think it's a great idea. I love working with male courses. I have one at my church. I'm music minister at my church. And um, I love it. I love how they sing. I love that they're like a team. It's like a sport. <laughs> and reckless abandon. But what I've noticed, I have a girlfriend. Uh, my, first of all, let me say this. My mother uh, survived six different forms of cancer. And um, so I have lived with cancer around me for most of my life. And then, and my grandmother and my aunt, and you know, um, but what I've noticed is uh, we are at a place where we can't, uh, we can't be gentle about this anymore. We have to speak truth and we have to speak honestly and we have to move with a fervor to make sure that every component of our lives is devoid of stress, is uh, full of joy and the expectation of joy. And I think that singing uh, embodies all of that. And mm-hmm. it's something that gathers people together. So when the That's cis choir true. would get together and sing, oh my goodness, Becky, they, they just, they would take a song like, uh, what was the one we did? Um, Oh, it was an old, like a Todd Rundgren, uh, Just One Victory. And it was a great, it's a great song. I mean, if you've never heard it, you should hear it. It's really, really oh, wonderful. Give, give us victory. a measure. You just sing a little bit because maybe um, we've heard it and we just don't remember. Uh, oh, just the beginning. It was, we've been waiting so long. We've been waiting so long. Hold on tight, baby. Hold on tight. Come on, pop. Somebody's gonna keep going. I can't remember. Yeah, but it's a really great song. It's a beautiful. Song. Yeah, I think I've heard. You, I think I've heard the group do that because you you guys yeah. performed at one of our survivor luncheons. I've heard you speak or sing it at down on the waterfront at some of the oh, different yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, cancer yeah. you know events. And you, you know, Julianne, what, just watching you in front of that choir, you know, oh, it's just, it's just, it's magic watching that happen. It's really, it's really very cool. So, you know what, we are getting ready to go out to break. So before we go out, but before we go out to break, we have another couple minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, so the, the choir now is that, I know that the worship in pink, I mean, I've, I've spoken at some of those here in Portland and I know that's a nationwide thing, but is the choir concept, is that national too? Or is that just something? There was only one. There was only okay. one choir, and it, and we didn't know about them until uh, Susan G. Coleman uh, took the choir on, and then Legacy became involved in it, and um, okay. that's when that's when we heard of the choir that had had since you know uh, stopped performing. And so what we do is we pull ourselves together for events that Worship in Pink okay. may be doing, or for the ambassador summits that they have sure. for those who okay. are planning the events. At the different churches, but you know, there's forty. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me think. There's forty-two churches that are involved in the city of Portland, and in October, you can find any number of activities every weekend yeah. that are happening uh, with worship and pink. So it's fun. Yep. It's just a, yeah, they just sent me a list of several 
options for dates, and I, I said I can do October 13th, and that's it. So they're trying to see yeah, where, where yeah. they can fit me in for that. But oh, but if people want to sing with your group, do, can they, do they audition? Do they just simply sign up because they're a survivor and they want to do this, and you make room for them? How does that part work? Well, right now we're trying to prep for, like we're doing individual events now. We used to practice all the time and just have, have it ongoing, but um, it became uh, financially hard for uh, the organization to, to maintain it. And so uh, what, what I started doing was finding out when they need people to perform. No, you do not have to audition. I will leave you a, um, an email, or if you guys can have the email, my email up online, they can email me if they're interested in being involved. And then okay. I can uh, send them information about when we practice. Okay, well, but I just, uh, there's no auditioning. No. You just come okay. in and sing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you we just before we go out to break, my church. Okay, why don't okay. you go ahead and just give, give our audience your email address, if that's okay, okay. And, we'll, and we'll go out to break right after that. Okay, my email address is Julianne, J-U-L-I-A-N-N-E dot Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, the number two at tcc.edu. And if you can't find that, just remember Julianne Johnson and go to the directory at tcc.edu and you'll find me. And PCC Uh is Portland Community College. And on that, we are going to go out to break. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You 
are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back to our show. We've been talking about music as medicine with entertainer and recording artist Julianne Johnson. And in our last segment, Julianne, we were talking about the Worship in Pink series for that Coleman does mm-hmm. and also is being done around the country and how people can sign up to sing with your choir um, for these special events. But let, let me ask you a question. You know, I know a lot of people love music and, you know, they say they love music, but they've never really gotten connected. What What's mm-hmm. the best time for someone to start getting connected? And is it ever too late? Let's Let's talk about that. No, it's never too late. Never, never. And the time is now. Um, to, to get yourself kind of in a fighting mode because we know that there are a lot of cancers that we're guaranteed will come, uh, or either cross our path or a family member's path. And we just need to get ready and have ourselves mentally and spiritually strong some of the difficulties that come along with that. So I think if you've never done music before, you are a perfect candidate to get started, and we have community um, choirs, we have choirs and and guitar lessons and everything. PCC is remarkable, I'll tell you. I'm over at Sylvania, and uh, we have some of the greatest uh, teachers. We have more PhDs, I think, um, employed at PCC at our five campuses than any other uh, state institution. And these are great people ready to just come in and work with you, no matter where you are, no matter what level. And you could just have a great time. Um, that's one way to start. The other thing is just to start a singing group, you know, in your in your neighborhood. Just call, talk to some people who are interested. See if they want to come over. You guys eat something, talk a little, and then sing some of your favorite songs. Just bring them out and just start singing. It's not, like I said, about being perfect. It's about yeah. perfectly connecting to something that we as human beings were born to do. That's why we yell when we come into the environment. That's mm-hmm. why we use our voices. <laughs> That's why babies breathe from their gut. That's you know, they're they are ready. They're just like, I'm singing. <laughs> That's not crying. That's singing. <laughs> That's not crying. That's singing. That's singing. We need to reconnect to all of that. And I think you can do it any time in your life, and the best time starts now. I love hearing What's that? I'm sorry, say it again. I said, oh, I do. I do teach voice lessons, and we have a whole list of vocal instructors, too. So oh, anything that's wonderful. you want to do. Uh-huh. You know, what's really to... cool, you know, this, this is a, we have a global audience that, that listens to our show, and we have a huge mm-hmm. audience in Ireland. Go figure that. You talked earlier about singing Irish songs, which is very cool. So what you're saying, I mean, even if you're not here locally where you can tap into Portland Community College, probably most of the colleges around wherever you are would have some kind of a vocal program. But yes, if not, do. if not, then just that simple idea of inviting your friends over and having some food and maybe a little wine, and if you're not really comfortable singing, maybe a little more wine, and then, <laughs> and then sing, right? I mean, it's just it's, it's just, just about, sing. like you said, that connection. So 
and it and it is healing. It's it's soothing to the soul, and it's just so much a part of of our lives. And as far as not starting too late, Julianne, I have to I have to add that I started singing, doing um, substitute voc- female vocals on the lead for mm-hmm. um, the swing orchestra just about a year and a half ago. And uh-huh. and I'm 65, so you know I didn't start doing that till I was 63. Now I've been singing off and on a little, you know, talent shows and whatnot, uh-huh. and I sing also with a four-piece band. But but I didn't start doing that till two years ago. So it's you know it's it isn't too late if it's something that you love. It's like anything in life. If you love doing something, find a way to do it because if it brings you joy, then every day that you do it, you're bringing joy into your life that day, and and that's a pretty that's a pretty important message I think so it do you have any any thoughts on that yeah you know I was I was uh, thinking about the the fact that it, when I finish singing people come up to shake my hand or talk to me or ask me questions and they shake my hand and they're startled because my hands are cold they're ice cold but then when I hug them they're like, you're all, you're so warm. You are warm. On your core, in your core. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want you to understand physiologically. When you sing, everything gathers into one location, central location, health-wise, and starts operating like a well-oiled machine. Wow. You, that is the one time that you get your whole body your extremities to not participate, and your core takes over. So, it, really, it is it is mentally healthy. It's physiologically healthy. It's spiritually healthy. It is a sport that we need in our lives, and and I will tout that till I go to my grave. And even even then, I, I warn people. I say I'm going to put myself on a hydraulic lift and have a microphone in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like the makings of a movie. <laughs> what was that movie about the guy that died and they took him to the party afterwards anyway? <laughs> that's right, that's right. Well, I can't remember yeah, what I movie love, that was. I just, but <laughs> I just love the fact that people just need to just jump in with both yeah. feet. Just jump yeah. in. Yeah. They, they really do. And and again, it's not about how great you are. It's it's the no. music. It, it's about how great no. the music is. Yeah. So, you know, you've been a real, um, you're a, an icon in, in Oregon. And I know you're an icon in a lot of places, but I, I've seen you here so many times. And, you know, your love and your compassion for people just really just comes out of you and pours out of you. And, and it's, it's just a beautiful thing to see. You do a lot to give back. You really do. And I know that you've partnered up with uh, Michael Allen Harrison in, in several mm-hmm. different situations where he's a, for the, our listeners, he's a, a pianist who is just, you know, above and beyond. He's incredible. And the two of them mm-hmm. partner on a lot of different things. And, you know, you've given so many concerts for charities. And why don't you talk about that for a minute? What are some of the things that you guys have done together? Uh, together, we've, well, we started off being friends when we were um, five and, and seven, almost eight years old. And so I've, I've known him for 50 years. And uh, he and I have been best friends for that time and collaborators. We have about seven albums and then other projects that we've done ourselves um, separately and, to, and collectively. But the charitable realm comes from my watching my family 
um, my grandparents, my mother, everybody. It was a family thing to go and help people. And if you could be involved, that's what you did. And uh, it was just as much, uh, just as important as me going and playing on softball. You know, it was not uh, either or, it was and. You will do this. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> good. And so, and, and in a very nice way because I watched it in practice. It wasn't just um, us assigning it so that I could get a scholarship in high school, you know, or in college or something like that. It was ongoing. Uh, to give back. And yeah. I feel a sense of guilt if I, who have been given so much musically, uh, don't participate and give my voice back to the community in some way to help the health of our community. And so it's just, a, I mean, to me, I could go on and on about it, but what I will tell you is that um, it's children respond to helping other people. The earlier you start, the more compassionate they become. And yeah, uh, you don't have to teach it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to teach that. And uh, they're the best caregivers. They're the best uh, lovers of, of other people and animals. And, you know, we just need to infuse compassion back into our, our society. Yeah. And that's what I want to do with my voice. And at the second half of my career, I will not take on anything unless it is purposeful and meaningful and has uh, something that I can give to other people that, because it just doesn't serve me anymore, you know, to be chasing something. There's nothing to chase. Your voice, your talent, your gift is a gift. So give it back. Give it back. Oh, I love that so much. You know, I really do. You said something a moment ago um, about mm-hmm. how you don't have to teach that. You know, in children, mm-hmm. it kind of comes naturally to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I love hearing that. But I want to add to that, though, that there are sometimes some children that even though the natural thing is there, it's never encouraged. It's never brought right. out by their by right. their families and, and their, their right. lifestyle that their families live in. And and so they kind of miss that, I think, when they're growing up. And can it come back to them, do you think? If they if they miss it and now it's not natural and now they have to be taught, can it come back? Can we can we get yes, that gift back? Comes, you know what happens? It comes with imprinting. If you if you get them involved in organizations like the YMCA, the YWCA, like uh, 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 transitional youth for homeless mm-hmm. um, uh, young people like, you know, anything that has to do with restoration, with watching somebody come from one place and arriving at a new place because the community helped and because they were empowered and taught how to help themselves. So there's so much. And the, and the society right now, the millennials, great people, love them. I love them. I love them and I get them. And it's because they are looking to find purpose because our world is out of balance and in chaos. And yeah. they are looking to find peace and to find a way to make um, balance come back into our lives. And so giving, they found out that internally, nobody can take away the feeling you get when you give. And it's, That's it's so, so true. I just love the millennials. They're teaching us if we just pay attention, you know, and... <laughs> And and sometimes get rid of get rid of the stuff. Get, yeah, get and you know, so, so many times mm-hmm. you you hear you know people kind of putting down millennials because there's also certain oh, 
you know, entitlement and things that you always hear about this critique. But we taught them that, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can't blame them for what we taught them. <laughs> Good yeah. job. Yeah, you get a you get a certificate for participating. Woohoo! <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah so no, I I, I get it. I you get know, it. I love That's... my generation, and I and you know what? And I love my generation because we are powerful. We are the children of Camelot. We are the children who saw in the midst of chaos, saw hope. We saw the space race. We saw mm-hmm. us coming, countries coming together. We saw the internet involved. We saw all of these things, and we are the ones. Come on now, 50-year-olds, 45-year-olds, up to 70. Come on. You guys, we have to own our mess yeah. and fix it. And that's so, <laughs> so true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I toured a... I toured a shelter the other day, and it was, I, I don't mm-hmm. want to call it a women's shelter because it's really mm-hmm. for young girls. It's for um, like 12 mm-hmm. to 21, and yeah. this is a shelter for girls that have really gotten in trouble. Um, their home lives mm-hmm. are horrible. You know, there's yeah. abuse. There's all kinds of issues and things going on, and what you've said to me today really inspires me to want to go and talk to them about a music program. I don't know if they have mm-hmm. one. And well, they wouldn't that be, mm-hmm. they, they should have one if they don't. And I, you know, I, they've been on my heart so much since I visited them. I'm not going to say names or anything, but I just, I, I just really, um, my heart just goes out to these girls and just seeing and hearing the stories of where they've been. But boy, what you're telling me about how music can soothe and bring community together. I just, Ooh, I want to go talk to them about that. So maybe we should go do that together. <laughs> we can no. do that together. We could do that yeah. together. I, I work with the Salvation Army and I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, um, they have something called safe and, and things like that for abused women and, mm-hmm. and families and, you know, the one thing I can tell you about specific organizations, especially the ones that I mentioned today, their money goes directly, directly to service, mm-hmm. to servicing the the community that they're focused on, honestly. Yeah. And, and it's because I have started from working ground up with them, and then I'm on the board um, for them, and I tell you what, really sincere people. Oh, and there's only one other thing I want to say. The dating, here's, I'm going to help. Millennials, hey, listen up. <laughs> you want to find millennials and generation, what's the next one? X. Yes. If you want to find a really cool partner, meet them at a charity. Because uh-huh. guess what? There's some things that you'll guarantee. You're guaranteed they have a heart. You guarantee that they think of other people. Mm-hmm. And gosh, you have those two things. In, in, and if they're not, if they're kind of good looking, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you're in doubt which charity to go to to meet them at, go to the Breast Friends Charities. That's we, right. We have, a, we have a lot of fundraisers. Friends, you know what? I have to tell you, you guys were the best. You had so oh. I had so much fun at those meetings. Seriously. Yeah. And we've had, you've been an MC, you've been an MC for us and we love having you yeah. and you're just, just a, a dynamo. So we actually have a fundraiser coming up December 4th and it's going to be here in Portland and it's called uh, Swinging on a Star. It's a dinner dance auction. So I'm hoping that maybe you'll swing by and bless us with a tune or something. So Are, your, are <laughs> you your band playing? 
Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yes, my husband, we we bought we bought them at the last um auction and, and so they're we're donating them here. So they're going to be coming to play and I'm hoping I can sing with them and maybe we can work on one together or yeah. just give you one. Um but Julianne, you know what? We're out of time. So, so <laughs> our fast. audience Thank has you your email. Much. It's julianne.johnson2 at pcc.edu. And if you have any questions, want to find out what Julianne's up to, you can reach her um, through her website. So we have to go, but we will be back next week. And until then, remember, there is always hope, and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hennepin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.